Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Don McCauley. Today we're welcoming the program author Gary D. Wilson, and he is the author of The Narrow Window. One of Gary's short fiction collections was a finalist for the University of Pittsburgh Drew Hines Literature Prize, and another was a finalist for the Iowa Short Fiction Award. He's been nominated for a Pushcart Prize, and another of his novels, For Those Who Favor Fire, was the winner of the 2023 Book of the Year Award from the Chicago Writers Association. Before I bring in today's guest, a quick reminder, the selected interviews are available at our website, as well as on major platforms like Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many more. Gary, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. I'm obviously a writer, I guess, and I have taught fiction writing for many years at Johns Hopkins University and the University of Chicago Graham School. I am currently not teaching anymore, but I am still actively writing. So I live in Chicago. Tell us about your book. Well, I would call it a historical novel. It's set in Africa in the late 1960s. It involves Peace Corps volunteers and a rather heinous crime is committed against one of the volunteers on the first page. Africa is a place in transition at the time. The world is in a transition at the time. In the U.S., the military draft has been instituted in the Vietnam War, and there's kind of a collision of all of these forces that's taking place at the time. Now, who did you write your book for specifically? Who's your target audience here? Well, one specific audience would be women who have experienced sexual assault or those who are close to them and are likely to relate to that. And I think that it would appeal to current and former Peace Corps volunteers, of whom there are thousands, those who believed in the famous John Kennedy quote, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I think by implication, what can you do for the world? So could you say there's any type of central message or perhaps underlying theme that you would say runs throughout your book? I suppose the underlying theme would be about belonging, who belongs where, and by what authority do they belong where they are, since everyone in the book is basically displaced and wondering where to be and how to be there. So if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life? Well, I think I go back to that. Probably the central question is where is home in both an emotional and physical sense? Where do I belong? And how do I belong there? So if you were asked to compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why? I think the one that comes to my mind that's closest is Chinua Achebe's Things Fall Apart. 
because it also involves a cultural upheaval of traditional culture and the colonialism that goes along with that. And those are issues that are at play in my novel as well. Now, your novel opens with a rather shocking scene. Tell us about that, and why did you lead with that? The opening scene is a young woman, a volunteer, who realizes that she is being raped. And everything in the story from that point on is propelled by that crime. What takes place after that is that eventually the crime goes to trial and there is a serious conflict around the sentence that's handed down by the judge, which has to do with all sorts of things that people deal with all the time, which is justice, the lack thereof, and, you know, how you deal with that. Now, the book's set in a small southern African country in the late 1960s. Why did you choose that setting? Well, as I said before, Africa was in transition, and much of the world was in transition, I think primarily around U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. I felt that that would be a good backdrop with two American volunteers who are away from home and having to deal both with the turmoil in the country they're in and the turmoil that they witness mainly through radio at that time in the United States. I think because of a couple of things, I needed an intensely personal experience to work from at the outset of the story. And their location, where they are in that country, it's in Swaziland, which at that time was called Swaziland, is now Eswatini. But anyway, they were right in the center of the country where everything vital to the culture and national identity for the Swazi people was visible. It became key to the development of the story. Everything was new to everyone, and anything, of course, could come from that. So another primary character is an American lawyer named Harry Phillips. What role does he play in this story? Harry Phillips was a later addition to the novel that I developed because I felt that the canvas, the narrative needed to exist in a larger context. So Harry Phillips is a an expatriate American who works for the Ministry of Justice in Swaziland, has been there for 10 years, and is somewhat seasoned in terms of knowing the culture and politics of the country. He's assigned to advise on the criminal cases that developed since he's an American, and that gives him an opportunity to examine the case from multiple perspectives as best he can. And I think that helps the reader to understand the conflict from a wider angle. So that's why I developed him into the story. So do you consider The Narrow Window a work of historical fiction? Yes, I definitely do. 
And Lauren Groff, who is an American writer of historical fiction, says that the resonance between the past and the present can reveal important things about the contemporary experience. And I think the narrow window in an identifiable period in the past and in an identifiable historical setting, which is the country of Swaziland. And also, probably most importantly, rape is still a tragic issue in contemporary life, as are cultural clashes and issues of identity. So, the novel's written purely from a white American perspective. Do you think the story maybe could have been better served if told from an indigenous African point of view? Well, that's a very good question, and it involves who should write about what. By what agency are they allowed to do that? And this story could easily have been told, well, not easily, but it could have been told from another perspective, but that would have been a different story. I'm not African. I understand the African point of view as being as valid as mine, but that is not the story I needed to tell. So that's why it's from a white American perspective instead of a, an African perspective. Now, did your environment or upbringing perhaps play any major role in your writing? Yes, I grew up in a small town in Kansas, and I had little, if any, awareness of a larger world, particularly when I was younger. So, yes, I think you could say my environment affected my writing. But I had excellent high school and college teachers who opened my mind to a much larger world through literature and history. And I think whetted my appetite to absorb more of the universe around me. And that's why I was so attracted to the idea of Peace Corps and what it had to offer in that regard. So what can you tell us about this genre and why you decided to write in this genre? Well, it, as we've talked about, it has elements of historical fiction, but it also is pretty much straight realistic fiction. And I felt that I needed to write in that genre in order to present the story that I wanted to. And it's very important to me as a writer that I delve into life and meaning, things that are important to me. So I write with those ideas in mind. So how would you describe your writing style? I would say it's basically realistic. Some people have called it naturalistic. I tend toward a kind of lyrical, I call it a lyrical minimalist language with very close attention to detail and to the rhythm of the words when they're put together. So in your opinion, who should buy your book? As I said, I think it would be people who number one, have an interest in other cultures, in other experiences, people in those cultures. And I also think it would be people who are interested in literature per se. And as I pointed out earlier, I think women who've been sexually assaulted would definitely find something there to speak to them. And 
basically any mature adult who pays attention to what's going on in their life and other people's lives would be interested. Do you have a website? Yes, I do. It's GaryDWilson.com, and it's all lowercase letters. Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been Gary D. Wilson, and he is the author of The Narrow Window. Gary, thanks very much for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of The Author Show. Go out there, buy the book today, and please share this interview with your friends so that they, too, have the opportunity to discover our guests and their work. The Author Show can be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com, and whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books to read, The Author Show is a great place to start. Check us daily as we continue to introduce wonderful authors of very interesting books on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.